0: Right, thank you everyone for joining us for the inaugural episode. The pilot. The pilot of the Below Average Joe's UFC podcast and
1: more. It's kind of a mouthful.
0: It is a mouthful, but right. but it gets the point across. Right. So right. the way this is really going to work is we're going to start by introducing ourselves, um, just talking a little bit about our background with the sport, maybe just some of our personal background, and then... Uh, We'll get into the fight night from last night and some news and things like that. So uh, just to start, um, my name's Noah. Oh, that's my segue. (laughs) My name's Dominic. And uh, just a little bit about us. Uh, We went to the same high school together uh, in a small town, southwest Ohio. Um, We continued to go to the same college together at Bowling Green State University. Go Go, Falcons. Go Falcons. Town's up. Is that still a thing? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And uh, we roomed together for our first two years of college, so I think it's needless to say, we're, we're pretty tight. We're tight. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all about me. Is there anything you wanted to add to, like, as far as
1: your background? Um, no. I mean, really, we have pretty similar backgrounds. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, uh, business major for you. Yep, yep. Sport management for me. Right. So, um,
0: yeah, as far as our background with the sport, uh, for me, I am, I guess... Compared to what a lot of people who watch UFC probably as much as we do, it's it's probably I'm a fairly new viewer, I guess.
1: I'd say so. Yeah.
0: So, but to go back even further, my kind of roots, like the the like kind of the timeline for me was I started gaining more interest in the sport around 2010, 2011 when Brock Lesnar became heavyweight champion. Now, a lot of that was because I grew up a pro wrestling kid, as did. Dom, yes. so, um, WWE, we big, WWF, yeah, big WWE guys, so when Brock Lesnar became heavyweight champ, that interests me, I would look up some of his fights on YouTube and stuff like that, and, but it never really stuck with me, up until, probably around June 2016, actually, Dom invited me over to his house, yes, to watch, 199,
1: UFC 199, Michael, the Count, Bisping, Shot the <laughs> world, right? Yeah, 16, became, 17
0: days notice. Yeah, he became middleweight champ by beating Luke Rockhold. Yes. And really, from that day on, I just completely fell in love with it. Yeah. And really, since then, I have really devoted a mass amount of time into learning the history of the sport and keeping up to date with what's going on. I've seen every pay-per-view. I'm working on seeing every fight night that's ever been done now, now listen
1: ladies and gentlemen he has a spreadsheet okay this is a real thing and it's available upon reference all you gotta do is ask yes yes I it's do have, real
0: i do have a spreadsheet it's yes. it's definitely some. Ner- i get a little nerdy with UFC. it's
1: impressive though yeah it's impressive
0: i thank you so uh what about your background in sport
1: yeah ufc gosh i mean we're talking youngin um I don't. I wish I remembered the first pay per view I ever watched, but I know it was back in the good old days. Um, I'd say early two thousands, maybe like the, it was the Chuck and Tito days for mm-hmm. sure. Rich Franklin, sure. Uh, basically, Ultimate Fighter one era, I guess, is oh, when I started. Time. So, little so time. not the, not the very beginning, obviously, because I'm not even that old. But you know, pretty pretty early on, and I've just stuck with it ever since be in the recent years I'd say the last five four to five years it's when it's became really serious for me like a passion like I'd pick to watch the UFC over any other sport Agreed. Agreed. and I that's a bold statement yeah. but uh it's just something about it doesn't matter who's fighting right it's just there's something about watching the sport of MMA as a whole specifically in the UFC it just pulled me in and, yeah. and now I'm just stuck yeah, I'm there there's nothing quite like it yeah there really isn't and uh
0: yeah, we also, um, we've both been to one uh, one live event. In the land, baby. Yeah, we, we went and saw UFC 203 in Cleveland. Cleveland, 20, was,
1: September 2016. Yeah,
0: and we saw Stipe Miocci, the UFC, The baddest man on the planet. Yeah, baby. UFC heavyweight champion. It was his first title defense against Alistair Overeem. Oh. Great fight, and really... What's funny is looking back on it, like the pay per view as, as a whole, like it was a great, you know, great night. Yes. It was well, probably the best sporting event the, I've yes, ever been to. That's what I was about to say.
1: The best sporting event I've ever been to. I'm going to shameless plug, right? I'm not being cocky or anything. I've been to one Super Bowl, luckily. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I didn't have a dog in the fight during that game. And I love Stipe, but like that was the best overall sporting event I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention before meeting, let's see, Cody Garbrandt yes. right before he became champ. Right. Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy hello. Cerrone, yeah. Uh, Matt Brown. Matt Brown. And in line to meet Anthony Showtime Pettis. Yeah, you forgot one that Matt. Wait.
0: Forrest <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Well, UFC see.
1: Hall of Famer kind yeah. of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I did forget about yeah. that. No, <laughs> oh, It's understandable.
0: I mean, <laughs> that was a long day, but it was an awesome day. Awesome day, awesome and night. But my point was, that the fights themselves, like if you really look at, especially like the main card, yep. like there have been plenty of better pay per views. Yeah, right like, like, have. If you really, like, if we were watching it on TV, we'd be like, oh, it was a pretty good pay per view. Yeah,
1: nothing crazy. But, like, the, in person. Yeah, so I couldn't imagine going and seeing. You know, I think like, it helped. We had, I mean, it was kind of a, a historical pay per view. CM Punk's debut. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I mean, like, uh, Uriah Faber basically got put into retirement it, it at that was, fight. Well, he it Almost. was his retirement yeah.
0: fight and then he came back.
1: Um, Stipe's first title defense. Uh, I mean, gosh, the list goes on. I feel like there's yeah, one other thing. I saw Fabricio
0: doing that crazy Fabricio thing.
1: Fabricio started the fight against Travis Brown with a I don't even know. It was like running a
0: running side. It was, it, was a, it was a jumping head kick. <laughs> jumping head kick. Yeah, it was crazy. It yeah. was it was insane. What a night.
1: Yeah, what and, night. and um, can't wait to go back. We we were supposed to be at UFC Columbus in March. Unfortunately, got canceled due yeah. to all of this going on across the world. But uh, when when we're able to get full arenas again, it's going to be a great time going yeah. back to some fights. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: So <laughs> I guess to segue off that, we'll, we'll tell you just a little bit about kind of how this is going to work. Um, it, you know, it, there'll be some growing pains. We'll figure it out as we go, but... Ultimately, right now we're trying to stick with like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday release schedule. Um, UFC usually does their events every Saturday, with the occasional Wednesday card or contender series. Contender series on Tuesdays. Um, Ultimate Fighters are supposed to be coming back, so that'll be something else. Oh, I didn't, didn't even think yeah, about that. Didn't think about that. But uh, you know, occasionally they may take a week off on Saturdays, so uh, it'll be different release really schedules, but we're trying yeah. to stick to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like
1: We'll right? have, a, even if, say, there is a week like you said, without a pay-per-view, without a yeah. fight night. Uh, we plan to do some special episodes right. just to fill in, you know, like yeah. uh, for example, our Mount Rushmore of the UFC, our top ten list. Uh, I mean, the list could really go on and on. Yeah, I mean, I mean we could do stuff like that for yeah we, we really we could talk for hours we have, we have <laughs> we, we've something. literally done it we're finally we just putting a microphone in front yeah. of so
0: in case you couldn't tell this is going to be a ufc centered podcast um, but that is not to say that there may not be times during we can bring the podcast a where we won't talk you know it's not like this is our life we we have other interests um we're we both love other sports, sports. Uh, football baseball basketball yeah um we love music, music, movies, video games. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll be getting into some stuff about UFC 4 that's coming out this Friday. Yeah, Chris. this Friday. So uh, there will be probably some stuff on the, uh, this channel about that. But uh, it will be UFC-centered. Yes. So uh, if you're someone that's either loves the sport or is just maybe a casual viewer just maybe looking new to the sport Yeah, looking to get into it i think this will be a great podcast for you to get started because we are guys that really are we can relate we're relatively young to be a passionate viewers. i think you know? so yeah so I, I think it's fair to say that like this would be a good starting point for you right but uh, i guess we'll just go ahead and get into it we're gonna start with some of the relevant news stories going on in the around, past weekish yeah yeah it, it around the past week is going on in the world of mma and we're going to start with uh, the lightweight champ, the dominant lightweight champ. Hello. Aviv Nurmagomedov. He's a big deal. Um, obviously, unfortunately, recently, the passing of his father, uh, it's put a lot of sort of, I guess... What if on yeah, his future? Some, there's, Is a, that... there's been a lot of, like, just pessimism about, like, maybe when he would fight next. How he will perform. Yeah, or if he would even fight again. Right. Things like that. And actually, Joe Rogan had posted on his Instagram talking about when they announced that Habib will be defending his title against Justin Gaethje in October. October. So at UFC 254. Yep, yep. So um, huge fight. Yeah, and he posted just basically gushing about it because oh, it wasn't yeah. a big fight. Oh, it's big. And it's, yeah. he commented, Habib did, and he basically said, just as plain as I can make it, he said, Justin in October. They said GSP and was it March, or April. April,
1: April? Now, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know what GSP stands for, <laughs> George Saint Pierre, one yeah. of the greatest, if not the greatest yes. UFC fighter, yes, to ever walk in that octagon. Yeah, and it was.
0: I mean, there had been rumors for the last couple of years that the UFC had been
1: trying to make that fight and happen. That- GSP wanted it, Habib wanted it, yeah, they both wanted it.
0: And I guess they, both sides just couldn't really come to like a, a agreement. But I'm curious, Dom, kind of what your initial thoughts are on if, you know... Obviously, he's got to get through Gaethje. Right, first.
1: I was going to say, I think that's kind of the first thing. That's no stepping stone. No, I mean, Justin Gaethje is the highlight reel for a reason. And I think nobody expects him to do well because we have not seen him wrestle... But he is a great wrestler, and he has the accolades to back that up. So it's a matter of, I guess, just seeing it, right? We can only talk about it so much without seeing the fight. But I do believe that if he can neutralize Habib's wrestling, which, let's be real, he's going to get taken down. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when in the fight that he gets taken down. But how can he do, once he's on his back, can he get back to his feet, And can he utilize his leg kicks like he usually does? Because right. if you're late kicking, Habib's going to grab a hold of you. Yeah. So I think those are the biggest things for Justin. But I do believe this is Habib's biggest test. Outside of Tony, which we'll probably never get to see, unfortunately. So let's say that
0: the plan is for, you know, let's say the UFC is buying into this plan. It's going to be Gaethje in October and then GSP in April. Right. Do you think that GSP fight still happens if Habib loses to Gaethje?
1: I think it could happen either way. However, from a promotional standpoint, if Habib is 29-0, and 0, and, you know, GSP is, what, 26-2 and 2 or something, something like that? Two-division champion, three-time total champ because he mm-hmm. won the welterweight belt twice. Mm-hmm. That's a huge fight either way, but I think... And I think that's where you can have the fight even if Habib does lose because you can't deny his greatness. He's, he would be 28-1 and 1 instead of 29-0. and 0. Um, and the fight, I don't think should happen at 155 anyway. So Habib will vacate the belt regardless. At least that's what I envision happening. So if he were to lose to Justin, I I do think you can still do the fight, but it would hinder the promotional yeah, aspect I, of like I, I, it might hurt thirty the and 0, yeah. Who's the goat? I think that's literally what you can promote it as. Yeah. Who's the goat?
0: Yeah, it's it, there's a lot of hype that could be lost if right. Habib's already been beaten. You know. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, GSP, for you know all this talk we've had about you know he's one of the best ever, and that's undisputable. Like, yes, he, he is you one cannot deny he's one of the yeah. best. But he has not been active since. Well, his last fight, he did uh, go up and fight Michael Bisping for the middleweight title, beat him at UFC 217. That was back, Yeah, that was back in 2017. Yeah, um, towards the end of 2017, November. Yeah. Yeah. So, and before that, he hadn't fought since that controversial uh, decision win over Johnny Hendricks, which was probably three years before that or <laughs> it was Yeah, he so, was
1: retired for a little while. So, he,
0: he has not been super active over the last six years. So, there's a lot of questions about that fight, like if GSP...
1: Like, well, believed... he would he would be... Sorry to interrupt. Okay. He'd be... He's 39 now. Might be 40 by the time April rolls around. I don't know when his birthday is, but... Right. So that's another thing where I'm not upset if the fight doesn't happen, right? Because I I just... You're getting a guy that's no longer in his prime, and granted, he's probably still great. Habib is in his prime right now. Mm -hmm. And I just... I don't know. It's tough.
0: And I I, I have a hard time believing that the UFC uh, brass really want that fight to happen. Now, Dana did say that if that's what Habib wanted, then he would try to do that because he just talked about how much respect he had for Habib and all this stuff. But it's obvious the fight that they really want to make. They really want to make the rematch with Conor. They really do,
1: and I just don't agree with that. But, uh, you know, it it is what it is. Money talks, right? We'll
0: get more into this fight as the weeks go on. But just trying to get some initial thoughts, kind of how we're feeling about Really, Habib versus GSP, but he does have a big test yes. ahead of him. First. In a fight
1: I cannot wait yeah. to see. Yeah. And uh,
0: I guess the next uh, story the August 29th fight night main event. Uh, Yair Rodriguez I'm is out of the fight against uh, Zabit Magomed Sheripom. Nice, yeah. nice pronunciation. Yeah, see, I, I know, I know, I know. That was it. nice. So uh, this is a fight that it just doesn't seem like it's. Ever, it's one of those things. It's that, another Tony
1: Habib. Yeah,
0: it, it's. The, you had that weird debacle a couple of years ago where yeah, you basically got released for like a week. <laughs> yeah, what and they, happened and they Basically there? said Dana pretty much all but said that it was because he wouldn't agree to that fight. Right. So which um, I wouldn't want to fight Zabib either. Yeah, by it, the way. So, the UFC have been trying to find a replacement. Um, there's been a lot of talk online. People wanting Calvin Cater to get a rematch against Zabit. Uh, they fought the first time probably like s- seven months ago or so. Uh,
1: that's a good... I, don't, I don't can't know. remember. I can't remember the exact. Zabit hasn't fought that. in a while. Yeah.
0: And uh, when they fought the first time, uh, for those of you that don't know, every main event or title fight, regardless of if it's the main event, but every main event, like on every fight night... It's a five-rounder. Compared to the rest of the fights, there are three-round fights. right? Um, But due to some set of circumstances, the first fight with Calvin Cater and Zabit was only a three-rounder, even though it was the main event of that fight night. Yes, And Zabit pretty much won pretty handedly the first two rounds. As he has with everyone. But then in that third round, Calvin Cater came back strong, surging, and Zabit looked like he was cracking. Ultimately, Izabee gets the win. Everybody just questions, though, like, what would have happened if that was five rounds. Yep. So that's led to why people want to see the rematch. And oh. the Calvin Cater right now
1: He's is on great. a tear. He's looked
0: great. It's not like he just lost that fight and it's
1: just yeah. been sitting His around. fight just a couple of weeks ago against uh, Dan Ige, mm-hmm. wow. He yeah. looked incredible. And Ige had never been finished, I don't think, prior to that fight. And he didn't get finished. It was a decision. No, it was a decision. But it was dominant just... He beat him up. Yeah, and I and now I understand why Ige has never been finished because that's a tough guy. Mm -hmm. Not to take anything away from Ige, but Cater looks like he's on another level right Right. now.
0: And understandably, Zabit from his uh, Twitter account has basically said that like, you know, he respects Calvin Cater, he likes the guy, but he doesn't believe like he doesn't think he should have to take that fight again. He already beat him once. Zabit called out
1: Alex instead. He called out the champ, Alex Alex
0: Alexander, the Great. Great, and, uh, you know, Alexander basically said, "I'm not a replacement fighter, right. but I will fight you in the future." I'm sure. Hopefully, you get an opponent. Yeah, and, and then Sorry. he responded again.
1: I think he he's, he asked for either September or October. Okay. I just uh, I'm curious. He was just in another war, yeah. Alex. So September is a little close. I'm October cu- maybe. I'm
0: curious what your thoughts are as far as are you confident that Zabit gets a replacement
1: for that main event?
0: or, like, and who
1: might it be? I think if they get a replacement, it would be Cater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cater would be game, because I think he wants to prove people wrong right? and show that he can win that fight, especially if it goes five rounds. And this one would be, I would assume, depending on when it would be booked. Because mm-hmm. if they book it too close in advance, they might keep it at three. But um, I would like to see that fight, but if not, I think you try and get Zabit a fight as soon as possible. Um, I personally would love to see Zabit face Max Holloway um, I former, think that would be really fun former champ former champ the greatest featherweight of all time undeniable in my opinion as of right now yeah, Alex I mean, can still do it but right now Max is the best yeah
0: I mean it's pretty much him and Aldo That's probably Aldo, and him. when you beat
1: Aldo twice yeah no
0: I, I completely agree
1: um, that would be a fun fight, I think. So those are the two options. But if we're talking August 29th, I think Cater's the choice. And if it doesn't happen, then Gizabita fight as soon as possible. Yeah, that's
0: kind of how I'm feeling. I don't, I'm don't. i not super confident that that fight gets made uh, for 20, the 29th. Um, Three I don't, weeks I don't, out. And I really don't know who else they could have step in. I mean, if you look at the rankings... Max Holloway, I don't see taking that fight. No, not on Then I'm You sure got number two, Brian Ortega, who's set to face number four, Korean Ooh, zombie. Ooh, that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello. And then you got number three, is Zabit. Um, number five, Yair, who just pulled out. Then you got Calvin Cater, number six. Number seven, Josh Emmett. He just tore his what was it? Was yeah, it was and he it? won the fight. Yeah, so he's gonna be out for a while. And then you got like Frankie Edgar, he's already He's yeah. fighting uh, in a couple bantam, weeks. He's fighting that
1: bantamweight against
0: Pedro Munoz.
1: Is that the 22nd? Maybe. I think. It, it
0: probably is, and, that, and we'll be talking about that right. here in the next week or so. Shameless plug. Be ready. <laughs> be ready for that episode. But then after that, I mean, you're talking about, like, maybe Jeremy Stevens. He's Which, always game. Yeah. But they, I think that – I'm pretty sure that fight already
1: happened. I think they have fought. Yeah. and um, They had a barn burner. Yeah, I,
0: I, I remember that fight. And then, I mean, after that – you got guys like Arnold Allen, Sadiq Youssef, uh, Dan Ige. and, and I just all.
1: those fights are too much of a lose lose for Zabit. Yeah. If he beats him it's like whatever. And if he yeah. loses, then he's just gonna hurt himself. Yeah, so it's kind of So I think spot. it's Cater on the twenty ninth or nothing. And then from there, I think you have at least a little bit more time. I'm, I'm
0: pretty confident that if this, if they're, you know, they end up scrapping the main event, I'm pretty confident that Zabit will be the next title challenger.
1: I have no issue with him fighting for a title if, if he doesn't get a fight on the. There's 25. a lot of
0: people calling for Max to get a third fight because uh, for those of you that maybe aren't aware, uh, Max Holloway, dominant champion, he loses the belt at UFC 245 in a. Uh, Decision, unanimous decision to Alexander Volkanovsky. A clear decision. It was a very Some clear, think clear, otherwise, but he did. The yes. first fight I thought was pretty clear yes. win for Volk. Yes. Then they rematched just the, the uh, like a month ago. Fight Island. 51? 251? Yeah, 251. Fight Island card. And, uh, Tough. once again, Volk gets the nod and a split decision this time. Um, in a fight? Most, most of the MMA community, even Dana White. Right. Pretty much everybody but the two judges <laughs> right. that scored that fight for vote thought Max, Max won. won. However, I will say that it was a very close fight.
1: You can't call it a robbery. Yeah, I think it's one of those fights where you get done watching it, Max loses, and if you're a Max fan, you're like, oh damn, yeah. that was a robbery. Because we're all Max fans. I mean, right. How can you not? How be can a you Max? not love Max? How Paul?
0: can you not be a Max? The fan best is fans. blessed. Yeah. Right. yeah exactly. and, and don't forget, you know, many blessed. Yeah.
1: That's a whole another story. <laughs> I'd love to get many blessed on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, so
0: ultimately, though, I think that setting up that third fight, just, I don't think that really, I don't know if that really does. I think
1: it's unfair to Alex. Yeah. Because if you're an Alex shoes, you're like, okay, I beat him twice. Right. The people that are judging the fight said that I won twice. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to keep giving Max a title shot until I either won, finish him or Max beats me. Right. And if Max wins by decision... Well, then you just then do, do it, it again, you right? You do fights four and so, five. So, like, as much as I love Max, I don't want to see that fight right now. Yeah, I think Max, all he needs is one fight. I think they each get one fight in away from each other. If they both win, then you can do it again. But uh, right now, I don't want to see an immediate.
0: And, I, and That's why I think that Zabit has pretty much basically kind of lucked himself into possibly a title shot here due to the unfortunate circumstances of Yair right. having to pull out. Because, really, the rest of the top of the heap there are either taken or injured or whatever. Yes. So, it makes a lot of sense, and Zabit has really proven that he is legit. And, he, and honestly, I, I, I don't know right now. I don't want to say for sure, but I could potentially pick Zabit over Volk in that fight, too. I
1: think it's intriguing. Zabit is so big Yes. for their weight class. Yeah. Very long, lanky. I don't know what he walks around as because he's skinny. But he's a, just a large man for that weight class, and Alex is small. Mm-hmm. Even though he used to be 215 pounds back <laughs> yeah. in the day playing rugby, yeah. he's small. He he, he could. Uh, I mean, Henry Sudo is the same size as him, basically. Mind or, you, he just said he used to play rugby at two. Two hundred fifteen pounds. And if you don't know, he's, featherweight is 145. Pounds. He is the 145
0: pound <laughs> champion. It's, it's ridiculous, uh, but yeah. So there'll probably be a lot more to come with that. So right. Just. You know, we'll we'll give you the updates as they come as far as that card on the 29th and um just I guess the next featherweight title fight in general. Yes. But uh moving on here, a couple guys got released this week. We had uh Ray Borg, the former flyweight title challenger. Oh wow, I
1: forgot about yeah, that. Right? I, did I did see that on, on MMA Ray Fighting. Borg.
0: Yeah, Ray Borg got released. And then um, Corey Anderson, probably the bigger name, Yes. Uh, the number four ranked light heavyweight, he has been released and immediately signed with Bellator, the second biggest MMA promotion in the United States, I would say. Oh, yeah. So, just kind of, Dom, trying to get your thoughts on, I guess, those two guys, like the, you know, their releases and maybe what you think about the whole thing.
1: Borg's definitely a great fighter. Former title challenger. Don't forget how he got finished in that fight. <laughs> the or, craziest arm bar I've ever seen. And him he ever. was
0: the guy... That, so, he lost to Demetrius Johnson, who was the dominant flyweight champion. And that was the fight where Mighty Mouse passed Anderson
1: Silva. My goat. The, That's a different champ, episode. Though. For the
0: most consecutive title defenses. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he does have his place in UFC lore or UFC history. Yeah. But unfortunately for him, man, he—you know flyweight is the lightest male division. It's 125 pounds. He had a ton of problems making weight in that division. Yep. So then he moves up to Bantamweight, which is 10 pounds higher. And he's too small. But he has also still had weight troubles. It's weird. It's just, it's very strange because you feel like he could make it. Like, he kind of has the build of someone who could make that weight. But, yet he just, he has had so many issues with it. I mean, you're talking about, like, not just missing weight, but also just pulling out of fights due to these kind of issues. Mm-hmm. So that that was basically the last the last straw was he just had to pull out of another fight yeah. like a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was, and that's why he got cut. It's like yep. this is like I, I I saw a tweet that was listing off all of the basically pullouts he's had or missed weights, and it was like ten, and he's been with the company for six years. Yeah, wow. that's just too many. It's yeah. too many. But, uh, yeah, ultimately I hope the best for him. Um, I'm sure he's still a young guy, so I'm sure, I believe he's 27, and I'm sure if he can get that kind of under control, uh, whatever it is, I'm sure he'll be back because whether it's flyweight or bantamweight because they're always looking for guys
1: in those lighter weight divisions, and
0: I could totally see him coming back in a couple years just go on. Or maybe, I mean, do
1: you foresee him maybe going to another organization? Yeah, Maybe a, if it's not it's, even Bellator, a, I mean, you got ONE FC out there, um, you got
0: like Rising. Yeah, I mean, PFL. there's options. Some of those, though, like you know the PFL, for example, they've had a lot of trouble with uh, COVID-19 going on, just getting restarted. So uh, it's it's not a great time to be on the free agent market <laughs> <right>? unless <laughs> that's you're planning to go to one of the biggest organizations. So and another
1: free agent, by the way, Michael Chandler. Hello, yes, Michael Chandler.
0: Well, before Uh, we get into Michael Chandler, oh, I'm jumping the gun. I want to touch on more on Corey, Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson. So, uh, Corey Anderson. I I looked it up before this podcast. Nine and five record in the UFC. Um, He was a, I believe he won. He won the Ultimate Fighter season nineteen. So uh, he, you know, he came in with quite a bit of steam. You know, when you win the Ultimate Fighter, you're kind of like looked at as like, all right, you're a legit. Yeah, you're legit. And, as soon as you enter, like yeah. as soon
1: as you win that, you're you're fighting somebody that's yeah. really. Good.
0: Ultimately, for him, you know, he's just kind of he's always been a guy that's been around the top, and that's <laughs> is he a gatekeeper? He, he's he's kind of had that role. I mean, if you look at his losses, he lost he lost to Jean Valente back in 2015, um, kind of a weird. Not play, a good loss to but, have. But then he loses to Shogun Hua by split decision. Nothing to hang your A mind. legend of the sport. Yeah. A tough fight. Then he gets KO'd by Jimmy Manawa.
1: I mean, then he gets, that's a powerhouse. Then he gets
0: KO'd by OSP. Another powerhouse. Yes, yeah. and then just recently, his last fight in UFC got KO'd by Jan Vlahovic. So,
1: really, if you take away the Jean Vellante fight, he has fought the top of the division. Yes. I mean, and he's always kind of been in that top ten of yep. the division, uh, win or lose. So... It's tough, right? But yeah, I, I think that loss was the last straw. Yeah. Because um, as you mentioned before we were, were recording, he wanted the title fight before he fought Jan. I don't think it was warranted, though, so I'm fine with him fighting Jan. That was a number one contender fight, and Jan shut his lights out. Yeah, because so. before the
0: Jan fight, he was on a four-fight winning streak, but these wins were against Patrick Cummins, Glover Teixeira, which... In hindsight, looking at what Glover's the Glover going,
1: we just saw against Anthony Smith, yeah, like, you're that's, like that's, that's a pretty that's good one. Impressive. But yeah. then you got Elier
0: Latifi, and then Johnny Walker, obviously. And Johnny Walker, and, you know, Latifi not to over you know walk over him. He's he's a tough a guy. And then you got Johnny Walker, who was like a lot. of He people, was a stud a coming into that people, fight. I literally had heard on multiple occasions people say this is the guy to beat John. Jones. He's going to be the champ. Which. In hindsight, it's ridiculous. Yes, it is. I'm not saying... I still think... I still believe in Johnny
1: Moore Super so young, very talented. I still
0: think that guy can be something great. Oh, yeah. But it was just the hype wasn't really warranted at the time. Yes. And Corey Anderson pretty much made him look like he didn't belong in that fight. And then Corey, after the fight, says, I want the title shot or release me. And I was like, I... It, I was like, man, you just had a great win. Like, I, I hated that he kind of soured it like, yeah. for me. Because I'm like... There, you know,
1: light heavyweight is not a stacked division by any means. It's, I think it's one of the less, struggle, not struggling division, but it's just a weaker division right yeah. now in the entire UFC. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a weaker division. and Still great talent. Yeah, but you know, of course.
0: There's just, it, you I look guess, at some
1: divisions, you're like, wow.
0: You just compare it to the rest of yeah, some I mean, of those divisions. Just
1: two off the top of my head that stand out in the UFC is lightweight. And welterweight, yeah, and middleweight. I mean, in, it, and it's just, like, yeah, they're they're, they're also stacked. stacked. Yeah,
0: so, uh, it, you know, ultimately, like getting a win over a guy like that could warrant the title shot in a division that's kind of looking for those new title challengers. Because really, the division's been dominated by two guys for the last decade. Like, the last decade, it's been John Jones and then Daniel Cormier. Really? Daniel <laughs> Cormier's only dominated that division when John Jones is exactly. off doing other stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. So uh, and you don't see that in other divisions. Yeah. Outside of flyweight, uh, the men's flyweight division. But so
0: I, I just I guess I didn't see the um, like the title shot for him. I thought the fight with Jan Blahovic made a lot of sense.
1: That was a number one contender fight yeah, to me. Yeah.
0: And um ultimately
1: And Jan looked good. Jan man.
0: looked great, knocked him out about three minutes in the first round and you really can't say anything after that like, yeah. you can't you can't continue to you know, so you
1: you either take another fight or in this case yeah, you go, go, to go to another great organization and try your luck right yeah It's all you can do and I'm he's not still gonna, a great fighter yeah and, I, can I, have some, and so. I think
0: our, our knowledge of Bellator is pretty limited I would say yeah I
1: definitely don't watch it uh, enough
0: yeah and it, that's something that hopefully over the you know over time we will start to learn more about exactly but Ultimately, right now, Ryan Bader, another UFC alumnus. Yes. <laughs> uh, he the, the double champ, he the champ. The champ. He is the heavyweight and light heavyweight champion over there, and a great he, wrestler. Yeah, and I, you know, Corey's uh, a great wrestler. I'm sure Corey's going to go over there and do very well. Is really my point, but I don't realistically, know he, I don't know if he'll be the champion.
1: Do you think Corey maybe just needs one win in Bellator and he gets a title shot because he's new blood? I mean, probably, I'd have to look at their division yeah, again. We I, don't watch it enough. I mean, but... it wouldn't surprise
0: me. I I will say though that um, I believe they announced Bader would be defending his light heavyweight title, and it would be his first defense
1: of that title in a long in time. Three years. That's crazy. How you can have a champ? Yeah, that's I mean that's wild. That that
0: is pretty wild. So. Um, yeah, we wish all the best to Corey. All um, the best, Corey. All maybe, the best, Ray Borg. Yeah, so maybe we'll see those guys again. But while talking about Bellator... One, one last yeah. little relative news story. Um, a guy who's been a Bellator lifer. been there A been, decade? Yeah, it's been a decade. Starting at Bellator 31. It's He just bought... Friday at Bellator 243, Michael Chandler. Against Ben Henderson, I think. Against Benson Henderson. Another legend, really, of the game. He was the lightweight lightweight champ of the UFC. And uh, he got a very decisive victory there in a first-round knockout. And
1: it was a – I watched a couple replays of the fight. I didn't watch it live. A shot that really kind of just happened out of nowhere. And it was like – not a big hook, not a big uppercut. It was just so precise. Right. Boom, landed clean, and that was it. So, from what I've gathered, this is essentially Michael
0: Chandler's first time being a free agent. Because that was the last fight of his contract. So, it's the first time he's been able to go out and test the market and try to see what he can get. And a lot of people are calling for him to go to the UFC. It's it's like
1: a Ben Askren storyline almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. There's been a lot of talk about him going to the UFC. And is man, he...
1: Lightweight he's Welterweight. Light, he's
0: lightweight, but I believe he also fights
1: I think he's at, fought welterweight, right?
0: Um so he's currently uh lightweight, but he's also fought
1: And I and I believe he's like a great wrestler, so you gotta think coming into this lightweight division in the UFC anyway, we're talking if he gets signed in the UFC. Yeah. I mean he's getting put in he's gonna face a top ten. If he were to get signed in the UFC his first fight would be top ten. And they're all just straight killers. Yeah, that's that is a
0: tough division to come. <laughs> Welcome in to the UFC. Yeah. It, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if he does join. Kind of where they match him up at? Like where did they kind of see him starting out? You saw with Ben Askren; they threw him in with Robbie Lawler. Uh,
1: Ru- I mean, ruthless yeah. Robbie Lawler dominated that. First, the entire first <laughs> round, the fight ended in the second round. No, it, it, it was in it, the first. So it, it actually. The the fight, what's
0: funny is it's you, like when you look back on it, it feels like it went a lot longer than it did. Yeah, that fight only went like three minutes. God, right? so much happened in three minutes. But in the first twenty seconds, you're like, literally, oh, literally, this Robbie, is why Ben Askren hasn't fought in the UFC. <laughs> slammed him yes. on his head and,
1: and beat the living pulp out of it. And
0: then ultimately, Askren gets the bulldog choke. Controversial. controversial. Um, some weird stuff there with if Robbie was actually out or not. It, it was kind of weird. But ultimately, it was a W for Askren. So basically,
1: if you're if you're dominant from another uh, organization, yeah. the UFC's not going to mess around. They're going to get you someone yeah. to prove yourself. And yeah. I think that's interesting for a, a lightweight because that is the most stacked division in the UFC right now, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's tough. It's
0: going to be tough for him. I'll, it'll be interesting to see where they match him up. Um, if I look at the lightweight rankings, you know, I could see him totally coming in and fighting a guy like, I like, when a, That would be fun. Yeah, or like Gregor Gillespie. Like, I could imagine, I feel like a guy like in that kind of 7 to 12 range, even yeah. like Paul Felder, Ooh. I like the sound of that fight. You know, maybe a, someone who has a little more of a name to him, Paul Felder being a commentator. And, and you and,
1: almost want, if you're the UFC, or if you're a UFC fighter, you want to welcome this guy and be like, okay, yeah. this is why you are in Bellator, mm. and this is why I'm in the UFC. I kind
0: of love the idea of a Paul Felder fight, because Paul Felder a is beast. a company man. Yes. He, he is a commentator, he is a company Welcome man. to my organization. Yeah, so then you have this guy that is a be- Bellator guy. And, you and a Bellator two, beast. Yeah, he so you have not come over... And that's no—that's no small task. It'll be a good test to see kind of where he fits in that division. If he's really a top ten guy, right. if he's a top five guy, I mean that's the number seven ranked lightweight right yeah. there. Again, all hypothetical. Yeah, he hasn't so, signed anywhere. Yeah. So, but if he were to come, so to the UFC, needless say it's interesting at yeah, least. Yeah, um, it's fun I, playing matchmaker. Yeah. And then the uh, last news story today. This is the big one, in my opinion. Uh, the co-main and main event have been announced. Hello. I, I guess it's possible they could put a third title fight It's flyweight title night at <laughs> yeah. 255, maybe. Yeah. And uh, for now, it is the co-main and main event. So the co-main being Valentina Shevchenko Shoo. versus Jennifer Maya for the women's flyweight title. It's fun. Um, it's and fun. And uh, as of now, the main event. I'm just saying that just in case there were to be another title fight put on. You never know. You never know. Uh, you have Davison Figueredo. Hello. The... Straight scary. killer, scary. He is scary, newly crowned by the way. But scary, uh, men's flyweight champion could
1: easily, in my opinion, fight at
0: 135. Yes, he's been, and he is going up against the former UFC bantamweight champion who is moving down in weight to challenge him for the title, Cody <sighs> Garbrand. So, Dom, mm. give me your initial thoughts on these two fights and kind of you know, just where, where, where's your head at?
1: So this? women's flyweight first, right? Valentina is unreal. She's so fun to watch. She's so good. She's dominant. Striking is just beautiful. Beautiful to watch. And she's a beast on the ground, and she showed that. So that's where, with Jennifer Maya, we're talking a, a B, BJJ specialist, right? Just came off a submission win. This, this could be fun. A real challenge, I think, for Valentina. She fights a lot of strikers, I think. Kaitlyn uh, Chukagian is a wrestler. But at the end of the day, Valentina was able to control the fight and keep it standing. Um, But I think if Valentina gets taken down, she can defend herself. So it's really going to be how good is Jennifer Maya on the ground. Mm -hmm. It's a fun fight, and uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out. The main event, Mm -hmm. or did you want, you can speak on the women's flyweight, Uh, I guess.
0: Really, the way I kind of see it, Jennifer Maya looked really good against... Joanne Calderwood. Uh,
1: that oh, was, that was last weekend. I see the jab coming. No, okay, okay, not, okay. not, not yet. Not, that's a story for yeah. another day.
0: <laughs> but you know, she she beat Joanne Calderwood. A tough fight. Uh, <laughs> a tough fight. Joanne. And, and
1: Joanne had the title shot, right? Yeah. And said screw it, I'm gonna fight. Yeah, that that's, sucks. That's the risky take. Yeah.
0: But shout out to her for taking that fight. I yeah. Mean, it sucks that she you know got beat like that, but I think it does speak to kind of like she's game. Oh, yeah. And Jennifer Maya came in and looked fantastic. Yes,
1: she did. But... She's big for that weight class, I noticed, too. mm -hmm. I thought she was uh, Um, significantly bigger. What I
0: will say, though, is Valentina is literally on a level of her own in that division. Yes. She is just, like... Masterful Incredible, yeah. And I really don't see this fight going any other way but Valentina... Dominating? Yeah. A finish? Well, I don't... Okay, I I don't... you know, that's definitely a ways away. <laughs> we still got that's that's November. Right, so right. we got we got some We're fun. jumping the gun. But I will say I, I as of now. Um, maybe when I go back and watch some of Maya's other fights, I might feel differently. But I can't see this going any other way but it being like just a slaughter. It's
1: it's hard no to disrespect. say it's gonna be No yeah, disrespect right. to Jennifer Maya. I it's mean, hard has, to say anything less Judging off the performances, Valentina has shown. Right, right. Uh, but then, as uh, our boy, main event. no love, right? Uh, now remember, at the beginning of this episode, we've met Cody. Yeah, I got a picture on my phone. <laughs> Everything, right? He's our guy, another Ohio boy. Yeah, I don't like this idea, I, and I've shared this with you before. I'm nervous. Um, my thought process is: TJ did it, right? This is so TJ weird. did it, juiced up. On steroids, or on EPO, I Mm -hmm. should say. And still got clocked by Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo, in my opinion, is not as powerful as uh, Davidson Figueroa. This is a scary fight for me for Cody, granted that he showed a weak chin recently. He did have a long layoff, and I think that helped kind of restore some of that chin health. He looked great in his last fight against Sun Tsao. And uh, I think Cody can win, and I think Cody's not going to struggle with the weight cut because he's not that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tweeted or posted on Instagram last week. He's he's like 146 right now, okay. and if they're not fighting until November, you know, 21 pounds, he should be able to do that. He's wrestled his whole life, right. so he knows how to cut weight. He's never had issues cutting weight, so I think it's a fun fight. But as a Cody fan, I'm going to show a little bias. I'm nervous and I'm my thought process is if he gets knocked out or just loses in general what does he do next he goes back to 135 obviously but then he just kind of he kind of hurts himself a little bit in my opinion after coming off a dominant beautiful knockout buzzer beater knockout yeah. so it's a risky fight it really is um i can
0: tell you, I'm very excited for this fight. I think it's going to be a banger of a matchup. It'll be a great
1: breakdown yeah. when the time comes. Yeah, and I, and I hate that,
0: us. like, I have a dog in this fight. Like, I hate that, like, because you know, we 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 are biased to the Ohio guys. Like, and I, there's not many well, of them, so that's say, okay. I don't even want to say biased. We just we root, we root for, the, for them. Yeah, we yeah. root for the Ohio guys. Um, outside of uh, Jessica, I I don't root for her. But, but <laughs> that's a, uh, regardless um, with Cody. You know, like you said, he's shown a susceptible chin. He had he got knocked out in three straight fights. Then, you know, that fight against the Sun Sal was really like, okay, is this guy going to, like, it, is he still relevant even? Like, That's, that was kind of the, the, like, you know, I guess the kind of my thoughts going into that fight at UFC 250. That well, was
1: the Cody I was waiting to come back. Right. The patient, technical, Cody, not the one that just goes in, chin up, hands down, sling. Looking,
0: looking for like a bar fight.
1: So that part excited me because I think he's more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was a good part of that fight. And
0: I expect this fight to be a banger. And oh. it'll probably be a fight. You know, again, we'll get into that when the time comes. But I mean, that's probably a fight that there's no way I see that fight going to a decision. No,
1: no. Absolutely
0: not. And and Cody man, like that speed, like if you see that knockout, that's the knockout of the year. Michael. You blink, you miss it. Like and Davidson though with the power, like it's just he looked
1: be, genuinely terrifying I in guess. his fight against Minavitas. Yeah, the yeah. second one especially. Was,
0: yeah, the second one, the fact that there was no. It was hard to watch for me. Oh, it was, it was. I mean, it literally felt like a horror movie. Yeah, like seeing B's eyes just glazed over as he's being and a shot guy that a ball.
1: lot of people like a great yeah. fighter, been at the top forever. It was yeah. tough to see that, but man. And Joe
0: B's still, like, he's still one of the top guys. In oh, yeah, version. I think
1: that showed how good Figueroa is. Yeah, Hopefully I said his name. Good <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, any other thoughts about those fights? As of right now, no. Uh, without spoiling our podcast way in the future, I think that's a good, uh, just kind of, you know, those just got announced. Yeah. And that's a fun night of fights, especially if they stack it. With some other good ones, those are two very interesting title fights.
0: Oh, I will say though, uh, from the UFC's perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense making the Cody fight. Yes, yes. Um, from a business, I, I, I know some people were um, not happy about it online because Cody. Obviously, it's this, it's the this story that we've heard multiple times where a guy who hasn't fought in the division ever gets, but he has like, basically became champion of a different yeah. weight class, goes there and immediately gets a title fight. you know. It, the thing is here, it, it's not like, obviously it's not, I guess, fair
1: or whatever you want to word it there. But, but they're bringing attention to the division. yeah. So it sucks for those contenders, but at the same time, if this can get eyes on the division, mm-hmm. I think it could be a good thing. I will say if Cody does win, I want him to defend the belt. I don't want him to just do what TJ was attempting to do. Uh, kill the division. Yeah, and just kill the division. I don't want that to happen. Yeah,
0: I'm curious what, like, if that's what he's wanting to do.
1: You know, they're fun guys to watch. The speed that they all perform at. I know you're not going to see the big knockouts all the time, mm-hmm. but they're fun to watch. I think they don't yeah. get enough credit. I agree. So uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I guess moving on from there, we'll get into last night's action. Yeah, last night or for the day we're recording anyway. Last <laughs> yeah. night's action. Yeah. So uh, UFC
1: I, Vegas. Six? So, Number uh, six yeah. at the Apex. Yeah, so uh,
0: last, well, I'll say Saturday night. Yes. We saw uh, the main event, heavyweight scrap between we did. The Hick, Black Beast. Derek, Derek Lewis. And Alexi Olenek. Olenek. Uh, Derek Lewis getting the second round. It ended up being uh, declared a knockout instead of a TKO. TKO. Um, so, Dom, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I did not catch the fights live, but I was able to go back um, Sunday morning. Yes. And you gave him a review. You watched him yeah, over. I was able to check them out before doing this podcast, but you did watch them live. I and Not did. only did he watch them live, folks,
1: but he also has a notebook with notes. I do. You can't see it. One day, maybe we'll have the camera, but I have a notepad in front of me here. I took some notes. Uh, Derek Lewis, my main takeaways: he looked better on the ground. Um, Olenek wasn't trying to do a bunch. He basically, I mentioned this when you came here today, he basically just wants to squeeze something. And if he squeezes it tight enough, you're probably going to go to sleep or tap. Derek looked good on the ground. He stayed calm. He stayed composed um, to get out of the first round, I should say. And then, man, I mean, let's be honest, it didn't take long in that second round. Derek Lewis comes out with a flying knee. And uh, he's been known to do a crazy thing a time or two. Yeah. And for how big Derek Lewis is, he's agile. He'll throw some head kicks. He'll yeah. do the flying knees. So he comes out as soon as the second round starts. Boom! Flying knee connects to the chest. Didn't hit like on the face, but then sets it up beautifully with a big overhand. I can't remember if it was a left or a right. 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 And it just clocked Olenek, sat him down, and then from there just he gap goes gap in down. for the kill. Um, he gets the TKO. Uh, I wrote in all caps on my notepad, THE BLACK BEAST, man. I mean, yeah. that's that's three in a row for him now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think... Uh, well, you can discuss your thoughts on the fight, I guess, first, before we talk about what's next, right? I mean, I really...
0: I mean, really, I think we're on the same page there. Like, Derek Lewis looked... I mean, that was an impressive knockout. I will be completely honest. Going into the fight, I really thought Alexio Olenek was going to get the submission. yeah. That was kind of my prediction going in. Um, I'm not really sure, like, kind of, I, I guess I just felt like Derek Lewis, like, I feel like he was trending downward for some he reason. He was. Even you
1: know, though he like, was on a win streak. Yeah, in, it's right? weird.
0: It's like, I just, I guess, you know, he had that big moment back at UFC 229 where he got that,
1: you know, basically Seven seconds like left left Hill, the Hail Mary
0: knockout. <laughs> Man. And then he got on the mic and says, "Balls were high." He he was
1: riding a high horse, and he got a title shot. He
0: got a title shot the very next month. Yeah, save that card. Really, people did. forget that card was supposed to be headlined by Poirier versus
1: Nate Diaz. Oh, a fight! I would just love. Yeah, to people
0: see. forget that was supposed to be the headliner there, and then that car, that fight gets pulled out. So,
1: in steps DC. a fight that you really like. Let's be real. Even though um, Derek was on a high horse. He was not uh, in a good spot going into that fight. Like yeah. he was not in a favorable spot. No. DC is just—you kind of knew DC yeah. is going to win this fight yeah, unless was, he gets caught. That was
0: that was the feeling going in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like Olytic, you know, he was a guy like you see his record. The dudes had over seventy
1: professional fights, which
0: crazy. You, you just never see forty-six crazy. finishes. Yeah, like or it
1: might years. even be more finishes, but forty six of them were by submission. I'm pretty sure I remember
0: he, his <laughs> record's like fifty seven and 24.
1: Yeah, it's wild. wild. It's wild. He, four decades of fighting. Yeah, and he Which said he crazy. wants to continue for ten more years. He's good enough. Well, I don't know about ten <laughs> more years, but he's good enough to at least compete with the top dogs. He yeah. should.
0: And um, I just saw he like he like really he has kind of impressed me in his last couple fights. Um, so, I was like, I really thought this was going to be a big win for him to kind of get into that top five of the heavyweight division. Because Derek Lewis, number four ranked heavyweight, Olenick number 10. Um, really thought this might be a fight that would get him up there. Didn't
1: go that way. That first round actually looked good for him. Yeah, he, uh, so Derek was on top for a while. And I do want to point out the weight difference, by the way. Derek was at the cap of 265, Olenich oh, was only 227. Yeah. So a 38-pound difference, which baffled me when I saw that when the fight started. So Derek starts off by just laying on top of him, and golly, I mean, that'd be tough. But uh, I wrote here, Olenek had very good sweeps on the ground in the first round to get on top. And then again, like I mentioned, he just kind of held on for the squeeze. Don't know what kind of choke he was trying to do, but... uh, (laughs) That's what he does, man. Yeah, man. I guess his grip is just so tight, it don't matter. He gets a hold of your neck. One way or another, he's going to try and put you to sleep.
0: And then, of course, second round starts and yep. basically done before it even begins. Yeah, Derek time. Lewis wanted him out of there. Yeah, so Derek Lewis put him out of there. And what's funny about Derek Lewis is when you watch his fights, he's a guy like... He doesn't... You know, he's, he's a heavyweight. He's not. He's, he doesn't move around a lot on his feet. Like He kind of just takes... Like, he, he's pretty... Um, I think it Like he's not like bouncing on his feet and stuff. Like yeah. he's pretty standing. He's flat footed. Yeah. yeah. Um But you're right when you say like he's got some like he pitch. pulls some
1: stuff out of his ass. Yeah, like, like like
0: for being a guy that just kind of just stands and bangs, like as far as his stance and kind of how he moves, he 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 shows a lot of fluidity on his feet. that's yeah. What I'll say, like we to do some switch kicks and. Things like that. Again, like, a flying knee. Like, you know, and I won't say that they're set up super well all the time. A lot of times they're pretty telegraphed, but still, he's throwing them. You don't see a lot of that in the heavyweight division. Right. Um, but, yeah, very impressive win for him. And I think even a bigger takeaway is kind of Curtis Blades yes, calling him out on, on And Twitter. it's a fight
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Curtis Blades probably should happen.
0: being the number three ranked heavyweight, um, basically right now for the heavyweight division, you got Stipe as champ. He's fighting Daniel Cormier next Saturday. Oh, that's going to be a fun episode, yeah. by the way. <laughs> He's fighting Daniel Cormier. It's the third fight in their trilogy. The last one. Oh. Um, and then, so Daniel Cormier, number one contender. We all know who number two is. Number wins. two, Francis Ngannou. Ooh. Waiting in the wings.
1: Ooh. He is waiting. He calls himself the uncrowned champ right now. Yeah. And, you know,
0: we'll, we'll see. We'll see how <laughs> it goes. But, uh... He's likely going to be the guy getting that next title Yes, for sure. I think that's because, you know, then right after him is Curtis Blades. Right. Mind you, and who has... Two wins by knockout over the first one, I believe, was a submission. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I could be wrong about
1: that. You've watched it more recently than me. right?
0: But their second fight did end in, like, less than... It was the one in China. It was on at, like, 4.30 in the morning. It literally ended in, like, 45 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So which is, Blades is, which a, is how his
1: fight's been going recently. Curtis Blade's is in a tough spot because of that. Because really,
0: you know, there's not a whole lot of reason to give him a third fight with right? But
1: you now. can't skip Nganu for a title shot.
0: Yeah. So that's why it makes a lot of sense to match up Derek Lewis with
1: Curtis Blade. And they've never fought. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. For the heavyweight
0: division, especially, where it feels like everybody's fought everybody. Right. All the time, so. Yes.
1: I think that's a fun fight. Uh, people argue Curtis is boring, even Dana. Himself, You know, he's not the biggest fan. But at the end of the day, he does what he has to do to win. And he's very good at wrestling. So he's going to utilize it.
0: If anybody... You know, I I get it. Some guys are going to have more boring style. I think wrestling tends to be a less, I guess, aesthetically pleasing style of fighting for the casual viewer. Unless you're Habib. Right. (laughs) Unless you're someone who's just super active on the ground. Right. But because it... If you're someone who's a casual viewer and you're watching someone wrestle, you're literally kind of just looking at a guy, and it looks like they're just kind of laying and, like, holding their opponent down, basically. Um, There's more to it than that, obviously. But for anybody who says Curtis Blades is boring, I would ask them to go watch his fight with uh, Overeem.
1: Oh, goodness. Dude. You're giving me nightmares. He... uh, I'll paint the picture for you guys. Oh, it's an ugly picture.
0: Curtis Blades in top position on the ground starts throwing these vicious elbows Brutal overing's head. Got now, split what, in half. Yeah, overing's trying to cover up. Eventually, one just hits perfectly. Oh. Blood starts gushing out of his head. Oh, and he just Kids, keeps, if you're watching, he keeps, cover your ears. And he keeps hitting them, and it's like, oh my gosh, stop the fight. He's already dead. <laughs> right, it's yeah. It's like, yeah, and... Uh, because of that like that dude's got some weapons, you know. Yeah. He, 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 he it's take... just when he utilizes them. Yeah. And I mean he he did the job against Volkov, man. Volkov is a dangerous dude on the feet. Yeah. So you take him down and you control him on the ground. That makes sense. And he did it. If if you don't like that, then like That's tough up. tough right. shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I uh, think that is the fight to make. Derek Lewis, what's what I like about this is Derek Lewis is a very powerful guy in heavyweight division. He is, yeah. But he's not Ngannou powerful. He's he's like a, because Ngannou's kind of in a league of his own. He is. So, you have Lewis, who's kind of like, as far as power-wise, a lesser version of Ngannou. So, for Curtis Blades, you know, this is a good, I think it's a good matchup for both guys, because Derek has shown that he's had some trouble when guys just take him down and, Wrestle him, although because he doesn't tend to have a lot of technique to get out of those scrambles and whatnot. Um, While Curse Blades has shown some trouble with powerful strikers, uh, being able to get kind of he's never really been knocked out, yeah, but he's at least been finished, so it it tells you that, like, you know, he can at least get his equilibrium knocked. knocked This is
1: your classic wrestler versus striker, yeah. And I um, like the matchup. I do. I think it's fun, exciting. I think it can happen by the end of the year. I do want to point out before we move on to the co main, um, in the post fight interview last night, outside of Derek Lewis saying he had to take a shit live on ESPN, <laughs> um, he said he wants to cut down uh, to the high 240s or mid 250s. He's been saying that before so he fights again. He, he has, has said to- that for a while. Um, but if he does that, that's interesting. I'd like to see how his body adjusts, and uh, I think that that makes it better for him cardio-wise to keep up with a wrestler like Curtis, but only time will tell.
0: And I guess for the other side of the main event, Olytic, you know, I pulled up his record here. It's actually 59-14-1. <laughs> that's insane. That's insane. Um, so he has this loss to Derek Lewis, Prior to this fight, you had him beating Fabricio Verdun, uh, which was a fight where Verdun just looked very sloppy, might be the word. Um, yeah. And Oleg looked pretty pretty good. So then before that, uh, he armbarred Maurice Green. Pretty impressive showing there for him. And then he loses to Walt Harris and Overeem. Before that, he beats Mark Hunt. Junior Alvini. That's going back to 2018, essentially. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know what's next for him. Um, I could totally see him, you know, fighting a guy like a, like an up and coming prospect, prospect, like Augusto Sakai.
1: Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Actually, yeah. looking at the rankings, I think a fight like that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you could always uh, match him up with. I mean, or maybe even like, I'm, I'm again. I'm looking at a list here of the heavyweight division. JDS and Rosenstriker fighting right. uh, soon, so maybe the loser, not the you winner, I don't know.
0: With some, I mean, I, I would be nervous for him if he took like, against someone like Volkov, Right, that's potential there. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe that makes sense, because him and Volkov both coming off losses, that's kind of how the UFC, at least how a lot of matchmakers tend to place fights as guys that have Losses fight yep. guys on win streaks fight sort of go that direction, uh, but you know it'll be interesting to see kind of where he goes from here. Um, it, it's uh, you know he's definitely his style of fighting while he's been finished you know a few times. It it's lends, it lends itself to a guy who can maybe stay afloat for a while oh, in yeah. the top ten. Yeah, so will not surprise me to see him bounce back in a big way, but. Uh, I guess going from there, the co-main event—the return to middleweight for Chris Weidman for Chris Weidman, the former, the middleweight former middleweight
1: champ. champ. And let me just preface this by saying, in my best GSP impression, <laughs> I was not impressed by your performance. Uh, it was not a good performance by either fighter. Mm-hmm. And mind you, he did beat Amari Akmedov, yes, yes. who is
0: the number eleven, uh, 11 last night, eleven-ranked light heavyweight. I haven't oh, seen... Not light heavyweight, middleweight. Yeah. Middleweight,
1: 185. I haven't seen Akhmedov fight enough to know a ton about him. I know he's a beast, but even... I, I don't know, it was a weird fight. They both got tired very quickly. It's hard to believe that Weidman used to be you know, a title contender and could go five rounds, especially being a wrestler. Mm-hmm. These guys always have great cardio, Last night, he did not have it. Uh, I don't know if it had something to do with the weight cut or what it was, but at the end of the day, he did do enough to grind out, uh, I believe, it, or at least in my opinion, twenty nine twenty eight. 28 But regardless, he did get the win. Uh, I wasn't impressed. He'll crack the top 15 again because he beat number 11. Um, I don't know, man. I just He looked vulnerable on the feet to me. He looks sloppy on the feet. Again, in my notes, that's what I have written. My
0: biggest takeaway. Now, I know Weidman's never been like a super fluid striker. Yeah. But when you are a guy who knocked out Anderson Silva, which I I know, you know, I know that's... (laughs) But I'm just saying, when you're a guy who has at least shown that he has enough of an understanding of striking to knock out the best striker the UFC has ever seen... Yeah. Uh, regardless of, if he of was how it happened, playing with this spirit and all that <laughs> shit. But uh, he just—that was my
1: biggest takeaway. Was he looked sloppy, awful on the feet? It did not look good. Uh, any top ten contender in the middleweight division, in my opinion, you got to think these guys are killers too, man. Like, and a lot of them are strikers. That's what's crazy to
0: me is he just beat the number eleven guys. So let's say, you know, so what is he is he supposed to fight a guy like Shabazian next?
1: Literally what I was about to say. I think that's a fun fight. Um, other than that, I mean, do you give him, like, a Tavares or an Ian Heinish, who's kind of been we on even, a roll lately? I like the idea
0: of him fighting, like, Vittori.
1: Yeah, like, there's definitely options, but, but at the end of the day... see,
0: what we're talking about there, you know, that, that kind of matchmaking is really, like, these surging prospects. I know Shabazzian just kind of, kind of knocked off his yeah. high horse, but... These, these surging prospects, essentially, being paired up with the I just, the aging out vet. The That's Weidman how it feels.
1: that I saw last night, and again, it can get better. Mm-hmm. He's got a great corner. He's, he's uh, moving full-time to South Carolina, they mentioned last night, oh, okay. for Wonder Boys camp cool. to train with him. If he doesn't improve his striking, he's not going to get close to the top five. Let alone... He's not getting close to the top 10, let alone the top 5 I in this division he, right now. I know
0: he beat the number 11 guy last night, but to me, he, neither guy looked like they were top 15. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at those guys below them, Vittori's looked a lot better. Yeah. Hynish has looked a lot better. Brad Tavares, even though he's a guy who's been finished by some of the top... You yeah, know, he was finished by Shavazin. Yeah, you know, he was finished by Adesanya. Yeah. Like, he, like, he's had some tough fights, but that dude... He Strike like, wise, like
1: I pick him all day yeah. against Weidman. The yeah. Weidman from last night yeah. again is what I'm saying. He can improve, I get it, but if the Weidman from last night continues to show up, he's not going to touch. So
0: if you look at Weidman's record, right? Uh, basically, um, all right. So he wins the title against Anderson Silva. Um, then they immediately rematch. He was pretty much. I mean, he was He was winning the fight up until. Second round, Anderson Silva, the nastiest kick. injury in UFC history. Yeah, so uh, kind of there's some asterisks there. Yeah, um, but then he goes on to beat Leonardo Machida. He was a stud. Lord. He was the best in the world. And then in 2015, at the end of 2015, loses his belt to Luke
1: Rockhold very because tough. of a silly mistake. And very tough fight though. Like just he, he got beat up. And I just wish I could have seen that fight without the. Spinning wheel kick.
0: Yeah, whatever that. Why was. in the hell
1: would a wrestler throw that? Uh, but he knows that. He knows that's yeah. kind of the reason why the fight went downhill. But nevertheless.
0: So that was December 2015. He does not come back until November 2016, where he oh. goes up against Yoel Romero. Oh. what a tough, brutal that was. Brutal knockout. Um, Yoel lands a flying knee. Nasty. Immediately, just opens up. Oh, yeah. His side of his head and finishes yeah. there. November 2016 then April 2017 you have that weird fight with Gegard Mousasi where like he was like his hand wasn't down because there's the rule where like if your hand's down on the mat you can't be kneed in the face because you're considered a down opponent Yeah. so Gegard kind of like pulls him up just enough to land it but um, they're able to review it and see that like his hand was off the mat but he was not able to continue fighting, so it ended up being a TKO for Musasi. Then he comes back and beats Kelvin Gastelum. Impressive
1: performance. That was his best performance in recent memory. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then from there, he was knocked out by Jacare, which he actually looked good in that fight. I thought. Yeah. Um, he ended up getting knocked down in the third round, and I don't know if he would have won that fight if it had went to a decision. But he he looked good in that fight. Like yeah. that 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 Weidman would destroy the wide men we saw last year. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But mind you, that was just in November of 2018. Like, it's not been it seems that Seems like long. forever ago. And then he gets knocked out by Dominic Reyes and his,
1: uh, his move to... A his, move that didn't need to happen. His move to, light. Like We've NBA. seen that for two middleweights now. Now, and mind you, gets
0: knocked out in under two minutes. So, uh, and Dominic like Reyes a phenomenal is... Phenomenal striker, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. So. Undefeated. Well, was undefeated. So, basically, since... The Vitor Belfort fight is like, or his third title defense. He is now 2 and 5
1: in 6 years, 5 years, 2
0: and 5 in the last basically 5. So he's years. not been
1: active either. Of course he's had injuries and stuff, yeah. but that's tough, man. A guy yeah. that used to be the best in the world, but well, that happens. Yeah. I, guess. I mean,
0: so I I hope that uh maybe this was like kind of a I it. hope
1: he just looks back on that performance of last night and knows, okay, I need to make changes if I'm going to compete again. Yeah, and really, he's probably
0: just got to focus on the wrestling, man. I mean, if, if maybe there's like an age thing going on there where like he can't really put the set up his punches or mm-hmm. his kicks the right way. So he just didn't look, he just didn't look comfortable on the feet. Yeah, and you know, uh, to the credit of, I guess, that fight is that. You know, that was a test for him, Achmedo. That's a guy who is ranked number 11 for a reason. Yeah. And Weidman did decisively win that fight. So, regardless of the fact that neither guy looked good, and it really wasn't that good of a fight to watch, in my opinion. So... We'll see what's kind of next for him. I feel like he's going to get paired up with kind of a surging prospect, like I yeah, said. Yeah, more than likely. And he's going to be looked at as like the aging vet. So will he pull with Derek Brunson against Shabazian, where he looks incredible and it kind of boosts his stock again? Or will he be like Brunson against Adesanya, yeah. where, where he just kind of gets made to look pretty silly and right. like he doesn't belong? So it'll be interesting to see. I don't really know what's next for of either. Really, I, I, that fight, like, really it doesn't give me a lot of, like, I don't know, it doesn't make me, like, excited to see him No, fight. no, not at all. Yeah, so, um, I guess going from there, I just want to get your thoughts, you know, you, you obviously with your notes and everything, you, you were, you had, you had a lot more attention to this card than I did. Yeah. So I'm curious, what other performances on the card stuck out to you, anything that really stuck out, or what fights maybe were... Good. So the
1: third fight of the night, or of the main card. Again, we're only going over the main card here. Uh, Maki Patillo, P- Patolo, and Darren Stewart. It was a middleweight fight. I was excited. I sat up on my chair a little bit to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Super aggressive, both of them. Came out swinging. Darren Stewart, by the way, looks like Tyron Woodley's twin brother. Yes, he does. It was crazy. Yes, he does. Uh, both looked good. No weaknesses to me. Patillo went in to the clinch. Uh, I believe that's how it started. And Stewart locked in the guillotine. And he might have already been on the ground. But regardless, locked in the guillotine. And then a, he turned it in. They ruled it a guillotine finish, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But he turned it into almost a Dars, is what it looked like to yeah. me. And uh, he looked good. Neither one of them were ranked yet. But mm-hmm. I think both have potential. Maybe not top 15 yet. Maybe one more fight for both. Um thoughts on that, or to keep going down the list? Yeah, I mean, it
0: was a fun fight. Uh, Darren Stewart... Short, short fight. Yeah, short fight. Darren Stewart looked very good. Uh, I think I liked his placement on the card, being that third fight. Mm -hmm. When you have, obviously, the main event, which is a big heavyweight fight, co having a former champion and Weidman, like, I think having him, you know, right there puts more eyes on him.
1: Yeah, Um, I think it was good having two... Middleweight fights back to back, and when one of those fights being these up and coming prospects, okay, and then the next fight you've got two veterans, yeah, so it was interesting.
0: Uh, the performance that really stuck out to me was the first fight of the main,
1: yes, I was waiting on you uh, to bring it up. Benil
0: Dariush,
1: unbelievable, he, he KO'd with a spinning back fist. spinning listen, ladies and gentlemen, on my notepad, <laughs> all caps, OMG. <laughs> Spinning back <laughs> yeah, fist. Yeah. Holy moly. So he knocks out Scott Holtzman in
0: just under, uh, or around four and a half. Incredible minutes. one-round fight. Yes, it was. Very good fight. And I'm going to say it, even though Darius missed weight by three pounds, which is a, you know, we do have, Significant. To, make, we have to make note of that. Yep. Um, I
1: love Darius. He's very good. And, he is and very he's in under- the toughest weight class. He is, I think he's very underrated. Well, he has an incredible ground game, Mm -hmm. and look what he just did—a spinning back fist. Think about it like this:
0: this guy is ranked number fourteen in the lightweight rankings, and in the UFC, since he's been his first fight in UFC was back in 2014, January of 2014. So he's been here; he's been here for a while. But really. Based on, like, if you look at his most recent... He's coming into his own now. Yeah. His only losses that, you know, he had this one loss, and I'm not going to try to pronounce this guy's name back in 2014. But then, besides (laughs) that, you had Michael Chiesa. Tough fight. Edson Barboza. Oh, we already... an incredible knockout there to flying knee. Ooh. Yeah, that was to Darius. And then he gets knocked out by Alexander Hernandez, who... Seems to have uh, his steam has kind of faltered a little bit since, but still a, a guy young that was a prospect. prospect. Yeah, yeah. Um, besides that, though, man, I mean, he, you have to think he knocked out James Vick. He, but he submitted Drew Dover, the guy who I really Dog, like. Yeah. yeah, I love Drew Dover. and then really this most he's on a five, five-fight win streak now. Four, the last four of those have been by finish. I mean, I'm ready to see this guy get, like, a top ten fight. One
1: million percent fight. needs a top ten fight.
0: That'll and I cool. hate and I hate that that, with that, you know, missing weight is a part of this discussion because I was so impressed by him. And also, I guess, you know, I was impressed by him, but I also just really was impressed by his character, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Post-fight. Very humble. Very
0: humble. Says that the UFC, because, you know, he yes. put on an amazing performance. Yeah. And if he had made weight, he would have got a performance. One million opponents. percent. But he said that they should give it to his opponent since
1: he missed weight. And when do you see that happen? Which
0: is like just an awesome move on his part. Um,
1: based on what's ahead of him in the rankings. I'm, g- I'm going to go ahead while you pull it up. I'm going to shout out, I think, a fun one, right? We're talking yeah. to number 14 ranked uh, Darouche. He probably doesn't move up because he didn't beat a ranked opponent. Maybe yeah. he'll bump up one or two. And yeah, he missed weight. I don't know. Um, to me... I'm looking at you know 12 through 10 here, or even 12 through nine. Two that stand out to me that I think is a fun matchup: Islam uh, Makachev, yeah, um, that's I think probably that's like mispronounced, yeah, I think it's a stud uh, Russian fighter, or Kevin Lee. Those two stand out so, to me as. I don't fun know if fun. you
0: heard Kevin Lee just uh, blew out his other knee. Oh no! So. Unfortunately, Unfortunately will be sidelined
1: for probably about a year. Give me Islam against Dariush. Yeah. I think I like that's that. fun. Hell,
0: you know what? I even like Cowboy Cerrone versus Dariush.
1: Off topic from last night's fights, Cowboy said recently, "News coming." He was he was talking about he was that's hitting interesting. At, he was heading
0: at a fight, and um, I don't know who that yeah. could be or what
1: weight class it could be maybe number
0: 15 ranked
1: I'm Drew. just glad he took a damn
0: break maybe yeah I am too <laughs> but think about it he's ranked number 13 maybe it's the number 15 ranked Drew Dover I'd love that fight that would
1: be a fun fight man um,
0: but who knows uh, Darius I, but yes. I, I, I definitely want to see that guy get like a a fight since he's 14 I'd like to see him fight someone from about yeah, well, 8 I mean, to 12 it's kind of what we said about Michael Chandler yeah hell Make him be Michael yeah, Chandler's right to the I UFC. Mean,
1: if, uh, like you said, if Kevin Lee's injured, Islam would be fun. Or maybe even Al. and Al would yeah. be fun. Um, one of those two. Even Diego interests me. Yeah. I Diego, think you can't give him much higher than Diego at number eight. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then from there, say he wins again, then we're talking you know one or two more fights and you're in title contention. Yeah,
0: because tell me if I'm wrong, but Diego has not... Fought since that impressive performance over Anthony Pettis. Yes, that's that's the last time he fought. That was this year. Beginning that was, of this uh, year. January. It was on the Connor card yeah. with a Cowboy. Yeah. So uh, performance of the night for him and everything, but hasn't fought since. And you know he he was a guy that going into that fight. You know Anthony Pettis, dude. Everybody knows Anthony. Yeah. Pettis. Right. Not a lot of people knew. At least not for me. I I like I remember being kind of like I don't really know. yeah same guy. same. And, he looked awesome, mm-hmm. and you know had some hype off that, and uh, he just hasn't really fought since. I don't know if he's had any injuries or maybe just not the, the COVID stuff, with everything and going on. Right, but uh, I'd that like would to, be fun. I'd like to see him get back in there. And what's funny is, uh, Fajera only has two losses in his career. Yeah, he's a beast. Seventeen one, and two. One was to Dustin Poirier. Hello, oh, the Diamond guess who, Baby. Guess who the other one was? Benil Darius. Wait, they fought before? They fought back at UFC 179 in October 2014.
1: I mean, what a Six time for a rematch. Later, rematch. I That'd think be that fun. Makes, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm leaning more toward the Islam, but yeah. that's fun. No, I didn't I, know they fought before. Yeah.
0: So, I just now caught that, so I think that would be very fun as well.
1: I like that. Um,
0: but I think Darius has a lot of options. I guess if there's any other performances that stuck out to me, Kevin Holland... Hey, he
1: wasn't on the main card, but put my mans on that main card. (laughs) He was on the free Coming off, you know, last week, he got screwed, right? Because his opponent, um, unfortunately, fainted before the fight, right? Um, Yeah. So he didn't get to fight. He was all game to fight Ed Herman on like an hour's (laughs) notice. They weren't able to pull it off. So then he takes a fight on one week notice against an up-and-coming debut I think it he said. was his UFC debut, yeah. And man, Kevin Holland's good. Yeah, Landed right. that straight and just dropped him. He's, yeah, he's he a looked, stud, he looked
0: man. really good. And uh, I, I really do want to see that guy get some more uh, eyes on him, whether it be on the main card of a uh, fight night or mm-hmm. even, I mean, some of those. A prelim headliner pretty, on a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, besides that, I mean, were there any other performances that really stuck out to you? I mean, you?
1: The, you know, the other fight we haven't talked about on the main card and, I'm you know, not too much to take away from it, but Yana Kuniskaya. Yeah. Um, she dominated her fight against Stoliarenko. To... <laughs> I don't
0: know if you want to try to pronounce it. I that. had
1: never <laughs> seen Stoliarenko fight. Um, really, it was a clinch fight the whole time. Yana dominated it. I've never seen someone want to pull guard so much in recent memory than Stolyar... Um But Kuniskaya just outstruck her so much I'd love to see the final stats because it yeah, wasn't even close
0: I, I kind of for like when I was kind of looking more into some of these fights and and again this is women's bantamweight yeah and month. I was trying to get kind of some of my predictions in mind um, this fight I really did like was probably the only one that I really predicted like fully correct I said Yana mm-hmm. by decision yeah because ultimately like her opponent this was her first UFC fight she had fought in Invicta once before this, but besides that or actually that's not true. she fought at the uh, ultimate fighter finale back in 2018 but had, had a gap there. She also lost that fight. so um, Kunitskaya former title, title challenger um, you know ranked eighth now. yeah it, it, it just seemed like this was made to be a like for her to kind of show off uh, like a performance.
1: Yeah, and I mean, her her husband, fiance, boyfriend is Thiago Santos. So she has a pretty oh, great. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I did uh, not know that. She has a phenomenal training partner. Oh, that's awesome. She looked very good. I'm being, curious,
0: like, did you really feel like that performance? Like, because that was really tailor made
1: for her. I think her to it was just off. a dominant. Um, I didn't expect anything else. Yeah. I mean, this is a girl uh,
0: that formerly challenged sideboard
1: right? Yeah, that, you gotta think that was a featherweight. I think she looks better at this weight. Class. Yeah, I agree. That She's very good. tall mm-hmm. but muscular and built well. Right. She's ranked 8th. I mean, I'm looking at the list here. Maybe a fight like Raquel Pennington. Mm-hmm. You know, a number 5 um... Probably wouldn't go any higher than that. I'd say Raquel Pennington would be fun. Or the Aldana. Irene Aldana is ranked
0: sixth. Yeah, because she was supposed to fight Holly Holm. Yeah, she was supposed to fight.
1: Fun. So unless they reschedule that. Right. Um, so yeah, I'd say a five or six opponent. She gets another win there. And then she's mm. in the top five. But nothing too huge to take away. Again, yeah. it was someone making their UFC debut, you said. So yeah. she did what she was supposed to do. And it was dominant, though. So also,
0: I, I will uh, note that our very first fight of the night... Sorry, our very first fight of the entire card, so 6 p.m. First fight of the prelims. We saw the very first UFC fighter to come from the country of Jordan. Wow! Ali Al Casey Al Casey, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, he lost in a split decision to Irwin Rivera. Um, that was Al Casey's obviously debut. Uh, Rivera had already fought in UFC before. Um, I just want to make note of that because. I just love the fact that like MMA and really the UFC as a general, it is a worldwide thing and I love that it's becoming much more embedded in the culture yeah. of these different countries. Yeah. I mean, really, it was put, like these other countries are the ones that brought it to the United States. It's not like the United States is the yeah. one that came up with it. You know, you go back with uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> exactly. uh, the Gracie family and all that. I mean, even if you go over to Asia, like China, Japan. Yeah, I man, thousands of years. Styles. Shout out Wei um, Li Zhang. Hello. Like you know, you go over to Greece, the Roman Greco yeah. wrestling things like that. So it I is just, truly. I, I just wanted to point that out, even though he did lose. Like I just think it's really cool that like we're still getting that kind of stuff. Like guys, yeah, fighters playing. from countries that have never yeah, fought in the UFC. Before. Yeah. So uh, that was really the last, I guess, thing I wanted to point out here. Was there anything else you wanted to make note of?
1: I don't have any other notes on the notepad. Okay. I mean, that, that's all I've got from the August 8th UFC Apex, or UFC Vegas six. I don't even know of. what they're calling them anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lewis the, Olenek. Yeah. It was it was a good night of fights overall. Yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, I guess going from there, we're going to kind of wrap this up here. And we're just going to talk about what's going on the rest of the week. Uh, Wednesday. Big week coming. Yeah, this Wednesday. is our debut week. Yeah. So and we're, we're coming out. out swinging. We're going all
1: out. We're going like Derek Lewis throwing <laughs> flying knees. <laughs> So, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, our first of what, for
0: now, we're just calling, like, our special, special videos. Special episodes, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't, that, we might come up with a different name for it over time. Yeah, it but, sounds a little weird. But for now, it's just, like, basically, it's it's an episode where we can kind of just talk about. For me, and I think Dominic can agree, we are, guys, we're historians of the sport. So, we, yeah. we love. We enjoy it. We man. love learning the history of it, digging back into old fights, like, really breaking stuff down. So that kind of gives us an opportunity to, to do that on our Wednesday episodes. And this week, uh, I think there's no better way to really introduce who we are as fight fans than to go over who are top 10 UFC fighters of all time. <sighs> Mind you, this will be based on their performances in the UFC. Yeah, all
1: UFC here, based. Um,
0: you know, we, I have some plans later down the line to go back to watch some little pride fights and things like that. But for now, I think it's only fair that we judge based off what we know. And that is these guys in the UFC. Oh yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Cause it's It'll be, be a fun one. Yeah, because yeah, me and Dom we are not telling each other who our top 10s are. It's a before. secret. So we're going to be – you're going to get some of our gut reactions. I imagine we're going to have a lot of differences but also a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. And then Friday.
1: Oh, baby, this is what I'm looking for. Friday.
0: To. I'm so excited to get into this. <sighs> I just got chills. Yeah, the the pay-per-view next Saturday is UFC 252. Steven. Mentioned it earlier, the trilogy four. fight versus Cormier three, Heavy one to one. Yep. Who
1: is the greatest heavyweight of all time? Yeah,
0: and we are gonna have a big preview show for that. We're gonna break
1: down the main card.
0: Mm-hmm. Main we got thing. we got
1: big fights on that card. Sugar Sean is back. Yeah, we've got JDS versus Rosenstrike. We've got two other great fights. They're missing my <laughs> memory right now, but one of them's a rematch that yeah. was controversial just yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a fun episode. Cannot yeah. wait.
0: No, I'm I'm really excited to
1: really dig into that card. Granted, most that. of our time will be spent talking about that main event. <laughs> yes, we can't wait yes. to go over that one.
0: And there'll be some stuff to talk about on even like uh, the prelims. Well, for you uh, when you were blanking on the main card, John Dodson's fighting. on Yes, hello. Card. I am not going to have a good time pronouncing these names. (laughs) Let's Um, give it a try. Magomed Ankalev versus Jan Kudaleva. Yeah, that's the rematch.
1: Rematch. That's going to be fun. Um, So that That should be a very, like, I could see Dana on his, you know, if you don't know, now you know. That might be on there. Yeah,
0: and um, you even got guys on the prelims like Jim Miller. Yeah, hello, a legend of the UFC, Felice Herrig, a woman that's been putting on some good fights. Oh have yeah. seen for a while. Even Herbert Burns, the brother, I believe, of Gilbert yeah. Burns, he's on the uh, Fight Pass prelims. My goodness. So, so they're you know th- to me with this card, just we won't Embodies. get bodies. What you know, a lot of people uh, if they don't have like multiple title fights or these huge names mm-hmm. on their card. You know, Nate Diaz isn't fighting, or Conor McGregor's not fighting. It's like, all right, well, this card's not like stacked, or it's yeah. not good enough. Yeah. To me, what's really striking about this card is this. To me, comes off like some awesome fights. Yes, they may not they be should. like huge names, but
1: you know, sometimes just like sometimes you'll find this dive restaurant, and eat a great piece of pizza. Mm-hmm. That's what these fights are to I me. Mean. Yeah, yeah, they may not be the b- highest names or the highest ranked fighters, but they're going to be great fights.
0: Great fights are never made on paper; they're made in. Exactly. So ultimately, I that's think, quote of the day, folks. <laughs> the day. Wow.
1: So I think that'll
0: be. Uh, I think it's going to be a great card. But we'll be getting really deep into that on Friday. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much our plans for this week. Uh, Dom, tell the tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Yeah.
1: So while well, we're talking personals, uh, I guess you can you can tell them about our our we Insta- uh, uh, we created a below average Joe podcast Instagram. Maybe a Twitter coming down the line, but we're starting with Instagram. Put some clips out there of some stuff. Post some photos, all that fun stuff. Um, so feel free to give us a follow. We've got our YouTube channel linked there. It is below Average Joe's underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. Feel free. You'll see the logo there. You'll know that's us. Yep. Give it a follow. Mm-hmm. Turn on notifications if you want. <laughs> subscribe. It's, it's going to be yeah. Like subscribe like to the subscribe. channel. We're new to this thing, right? Yeah, but that's yeah. okay. Then Give what us about, a subscription, uh, personal personals, if you feel free. I don't actually. I most of the things I tweet about are about sports, so. Yeah. UFC specifically. At D Salee fourteen for Instagram and Twitter. And Noah, go ahead and plug yours, but Okay, yeah. So
0: my Instagram and Twitter also the same at uh, NT Baker underscore NT is in Noah Todd. <laughs> so uh, feel free to find me on there. I'll probably be plugging a lot about our podcast over the Absolutely. next coming weeks while we still try to grow get this our, thing off the, yeah, yeah, try yeah, to to grow, the ground our, while we try to grow our instagram and everything so uh, be on the lookout for updates on there but like and subscribe if you enjoyed this and
1: ring the bell turn <laughs> your <laughs> notifications yeah. on people we're going to be bringing that content
0: yes sir and anything else that's all i've got all right then you all have a great monday and we will see you on wednesday